0: Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, so I have insomnia, but I've never slept better. And what's changed? Just a pillow. It's had such a positive impact on my life, and of course, I'm talking about my pillow. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to mypillow.com or call 800-919-6090. Use the promo code Hannity. And Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, has the special four-pack. Now you get 40% off two My Pillow premiums and two Go Anywhere Pillows. Now My Pillow is made here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee, and a 10-year warranty. Wow! What a what a unbelievable, well, fifteen twenty hours. I don't know what it is since uh, I have been with you here last. Glad you're on board. Write down our toll free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Um, we have got so much information to, to impart to you today. I have a hard time on days like this getting this information out. I just want you to know. Uh, let me give you some of the headlines where we're going today. You have all of these different groups now aligning to destroy the president. The worst of all is a news media that is so abusively biased and corrupt and so wrong so often. And yet the New York the Washington Post could be so wrong last week and still come out with information last night. And it is breathlessly repeated. Oh, my goodness. Donald Trump may have leaked information to the Russians. It doesn't matter that the sources they well in and outside of the White House Okay, but nobody that was in the White House at the time said anything of the sort or agrees with it. So you got these five groups trying to destroy the president. You got the destroy Trump media with their bizarre conspiracy theories, false reporting and lies. You've got sore loser Democrats. They, they're still unhinged. Trump won the election. They're, they've been talking about impeachment since November the 9th. Then you've got all the deep state leakers in the intelligence community. And, and even Chuckie Schumer warned that the intel community is going to go after the president. You take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday of getting back at you. Now I noticed since all of this in terms of Comey broke last week, it's, you know, all of a sudden they've come out of hibernation. The never-Trumpers, they desperately want back in. They want relevance. They want to show that they were right about Donald Trump and and that even though Neil Gorsuch is appointed, he's pushing energy independence, he wants to build a border wall, uh, extreme vetting, uh, 15% corporate tax Got all these things that are supposedly conservative that wouldn't have happened because they either consciously or unconsciously supported Hillary Clinton. They did everything they could do to sabotage Trump. So you got got five groups here. Destroy Trump media. You've got sore loser Democrats, deep state, the people in the intel community, the never-Trumpers, and then you got the weak establishment Republicans on top of them. They never supported Trump during the campaign, never wanted anything to do with him. And, you know, all of a sudden, last night, this Washington Post report comes out. Oh, my gosh, leaking. Donald Trump leaked information to the Russians. Now, by every objective measure it just didn't happen the way that they're saying by every objective measure now mcmasters was out there saying this earlier today i can play some of the the quotes he denied it last night he denied it today he denied it and everybody else has done it he has a press briefing today the president has denied it and it doesn't matter Now, I just want to just backtrack one second here and give you some context about where the media is coming in all of this, because the media is playing a role here, because if the media were actually doing their job, then the media might actually be telling you that, well, wait a minute, if it's coming from the the Washington Post and the Washington Post has been so wrong and the Washington Post seems to have an agenda and the Washington Post is against Trump, maybe we ought to... Hesitate and take a second, and and maybe analyze whether or not what they're saying is true or or not true. Because I don't think there's one thing that they have reported in recent days that is true. And it's like whatever they say, it doesn't matter. They're just going to continue to to advance it, and nobody says, well, hang on a second, let's let's stop here a second, let's actually see if any of what they're saying may actually be true. And they're going after conservatives. Well, conservatives are now advancing conspiracy theories by the way one other thing we're going to do here today we've been so ahead of the curve on this story because we picked up with our interviews with julian assange we're going to play parts of that today and we're going to pick up and we're going to play for you parts of what julian assange had been telling us which i think is relevant but you know jeffrey lord who is a really good bright smart intelligent Guy actually did a, a deep dive into the news media and some of the things that they've got wrong. And it's it's kind of pretty amazing that they've been so wrong so often. And what what he pointed out is, all right, let's just look at the, the Washington Post. Trump revealed hi- highly classified information. And then you read from the Washington Post last night. President Trump revealed highly classified information. Russia Foreign Ministry ambassador at the White House, according to current and former U.S. officials. Key words, of course, current former U.S. officials. Now, does it matter that the National Security Advisor, H.R. McMaster, held the press conference and in the press conference denied any and everything that was said and reported? Does any of that matter in any way? Let me give you some of the quotes. For example, the president said, yeah, we we talked to the Russians about Terrorism, air flight safety, computers, humanitarian reasons. I want the Russians to step up their fight against ISIS. As president, I wanted to share with Russia at an openly scheduled White House meeting, which I have the absolute right to do, facts pertaining to all of these things, to terrorism, air flight safety, et cetera, et cetera. And then he said, facts pertaining to terrorism. That's not a revelation of somehow. And here's the great hypocrisy. Did any of these people at all care that Hillary Clinton had classified top secret special access program information on a server, email server in a mom pop shop bathroom? No. The same people that were so, they were salivating last night on the media. It's actually funny. Now, the briefing starts with McMaster. He says Trump will you know, a a, a number of different things about this, taking questions about the president's overseas. And then he said, I stand by my statement that I made yesterday. The premise of this article is absolutely false. Okay, meaning I stand by my statement in regard to the news that President Trump released classified information. It didn't happen. He says that what the president discussed in the meeting was wholly appropriate but because it's the Russians and it advances a conspiracy theory. And then he said he was in the room when the meeting took place. No one in that room felt the conversation was inappropriate. Said Trump made the decision talking about these things. He emphasized the common interests, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it's appropriate for the president to share whatever he thinks is necessary to advance the security of the American people. From what we can tell that it is, mostly had a lot or much to do about nothing but it came from the Washington Post you got to believe the Washington Post they're citing former and current U.S. officials that weren't in the room how does a former U.S. official have any access at all to what went on in a private conversation inside the Oval Office when the people in the room say it didn't happen it's just like the Washington Post last week they published a story this was in Jeff Lord's article today That the attorney deputy attorney general. Remember the guy Rosenstein. And the narrative in the New York Post last week was he had threatened to resign. And they wrote it up. He threatened to resign after the narrative emerging from the White House on Tuesday evening cast him as the prime mover of the decision to fire Comey. And the president acted only on his recommendation. Well then WJLA in Washington, DC, actually tracked down the deputy attorney general. I'm not quitting. I never threatened to quit over Comey. The same Washington Post that everyone's going insane over last night. The Post story proven wrong, and they never talked to the person that they're talking about. How many unnamed sources could we possibly have? Then, of course, remember they said that tr- that before Comey was fired, the same Washington Post. Furor over Comey firing grows with news that he sought resources for the Russia investigation before his dismissal. And then, okay, the FBI director, McCabe, McCabe testified, oh, no, no, the FBI has sufficient resources for the Russia investigation. It's unbelievable. And, you know, I'll get to the issue of what Newt Gingrich says later in the program today about shutting, altering dramatically, which I agree with, when you have a media that is so hostile towards a president and so counterproductive for the American people and just out there to taunt and embarrass Sean Spicer that has no reason for a genuine dialogue and, and no, no seemingly no fidelity to truth, well then it becomes time to get involved. Now here's the big story that the media desperately wants to die. And it's something that we have discussed at length. An hour from now, I'm going to go through our history of reporting this on the show because of our many interviews with Julian Assange and what Julian Assange told me. I'll play some of it at the bottom of the hour, but I'm going to play a lot of it at the top of the next hour. Then hopefully Rod Wheeler, he's supposed to join us in the next hour as well. And he's the the detective that was hired by a third party on behalf of the family. There was a young man, DNC staffer, gunned down in Washington on July 10th last year. We've talked about him, and his name is Seth Rich. Rod Wheeler, I've known him for probably two decades, retired D.C. homicide detective, smart guy, real pro. And anyway, so he he was hired by a third party to help the family out, to go in and look at this. The family's sensitive as it relates to anything, as it relates to WikiLeaks, but we'll get to that in a second. So... Wheeler said the federal investigator insists that there is evidence to back up their claims that, you know, this was a guy that was shot in the back that they kept saying is a robbery, 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 but he had his wallet and he had his watch on. You're going to commit a robbery, aren't you going to get something out of it, especially if you killed the guy? Anyway, an FBI forensic report of of Seth Rich's computer generated within 96 hours of the murder showed that he had contacts with WikiLeaks through this guy, Gavin McFadden, also deceased American investigative reporter, documentary filmmaker, director of WikiLeaks, living in London at the time. And he says, I've seen and read the emails between Seth Rich and WikiLeaks, a federal investigator tells Fox News, confirming the McFadden connection. And he said the emails are now in possession of the FBI. We might have to add this to the list of things that uh, reasons why Comey needed to be fired. And the The information is in the hands of the Washington Police Department. And apparently those what they know is on those emails corroborates everything consistent with what Wheeler has found. Private investigator hired by the third party on behalf of Seth Rich's family to probe the case. He said my investigation up to this point shows there was some degree of email exchange between between Seth and WikiLeaks. And I believe that the answers to who murdered Seth Rich sits on his computer on a shelf at D.C. police headquarters. The whole narrative of the Democratic Russia story is what? that WikiLeaks and was given this information from the Russians because they colluded with Donald Trump. Here's the problem. Quote, the federal investigator who requested anonymity said 44,053 emails, 17,761 attachments between the DNC leaders spanning from January 12th 2015 through May 2016 were transferred from Seth Rich to McFadden before May 21st, July 22nd. Remember, Rich was killed on the 10th. WikiLeaks published the internal emails. Then I'll play for you an interview that Julian Assange did with Dutch TV, where he basically said Seth Rich is the guy that handed it to him. And there had been reports at the time, if you remember. That this information was handed over, American University, in, a, in a, a foresty area. This is getting very close to home. It might expose the single biggest fraud, lies, perpetrated on the American people by the media and the Democrats in our history. It could go that way. I'll explain. We'll play Julian Assange information I promise you haven't heard before issuesetc.net
2: a podcast for social conservatives
1: issuesetc.net abortion, gay marriage Islamic terrorism
3: issuesetc.net
1: radical feminism, embryonic stem cell research religious liberty
3: issuesetc.net
1: physician assisted suicide judicial activism, hate crimes
3: issuesetc.net
1: when you surf the web tonight check out issuesetc.net
0: Let me play for you. Um, When I was interviewing Julian Assange one of the number of times, and he said it many times, I'll just play a short version here. Russia is not our source. Let me just play the short version of this.
4: Uh, Our source is not the Russian government.
0: So in other words, let me be clear. Russia did not give you the Podesta documents or anything from the DNC. That's correct. All right. So I'm asking him the question. Now listen to this interview on Dutch TV, implying Seth Rich was the source of these leaks.
4: whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old that uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered just two weeks ago for un- unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So That was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, there's no finding. So, what, that's are the sort of, what are you suggesting?
5: What are you suggesting?
4: I'm suggesting that our sources take risks and they are they become concerned to see things occurring like that.
5: But was he one uh, of your sources then?
4: I mean, we don't comment on who
5: our sources but are. Why but why make the suggestion? about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington?
4: Because uh, we have to understand how high the stakes are in the United States. And that our sources face serious risks, that's why they come to us, so we can protect their anonymity. But it's
5: quite and, something to suggest and, a murder, so that's basically what you're doing. Well, that others have,
4: have suggested that we are investigating to understand what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is a concerning situation. There's not a conclusion yet. We wouldn't be willing to uh, state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. And more importantly, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens.
0: Sounds to me like he's saying Seth Rich is the source. And if you look at the timeline, it's interesting. And if you look at what this federal investigator ...is on record now saying 44,053 emails, perhaps, 17,761 attachments, and that this is between the Democratic National Committee, their leaders, remember on the eve of the convention, what happened there, and that these were transferred to McFadden before March, uh, May 21st, and then he was killed on July 10th, and then on July 22nd, after Seth Rich was killed, WikiLeaks published internal memos... That seemed to be the volume of what we're talking about, showing party leaders conspiring to stop Bernie Sanders from becoming the party's presidential nominee and resulting in Debbie Wasserman Schultz resigning as the DNC chairperson. And then WikiLeaks offers a $20,000 reward for information. We'll continue. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. Two big stories we're really following for you today. One is the breathless insanity of the news media. As reporting last night... And the Washington Post, oh my God, Trump might have revealed top secrets to the Russians, okay, are these the same people I'm just checking I, maybe maybe I 'm wrong to even ask the question. those are the same people in the media that ignored Hillary Clinton secrets, classified information, top secret information, special access program information on an email server in a mom and pop shop bathroom i 'm just wondering. Are they the same people that ignored the law? I laid it out in every detail with Comey's own words that she had committed felonies last night. The same thing that they ignore. Really, you want a Russian conspiracy connection? Okay, Uranium One and the 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 millions and millions that poured it into Clinton Foundation. I've gone over all the names, all the people, all the involvement. Hillary signs off, Secretary of State waiver that allows Uranium One to go to Russia and Vladimir Putin, which means 20% of America's uranium ends up in Putin's hands. And, of course, uranium is the foundation foundational material for nuclear weapons. Pretty scary. That's a Russian connection. And then, of course, you know, it, we have so many other examples of it. Then, of course, we, we discover, all right, so the Washington Post reports, it's got to be true. It's the Washington Post for, for crying out loud, and, and they're citing... Current and former U.S. officials, but uh, McMaster's is in the room. Actually, says no, not so fast. That never happened. Okay, but you believe the press anyway, because it's the same Washington Post that just last week, if you remember, pointed out that Rod Rosenstein threatened to quit because the narrative from the White House on the firing of James Comey that that. It was wrong to use him as the example. By the way, they cited somebody who spoke on condition of anonymity. The only problem is is when somebody actually asked Rosenstein himself, the guy that wrote the document, that we ended up talking so much about, about the things that James Comey did wrong, the deputy attorney general said, "Uh, no, that report is false. No, I didn't threaten to quit either. Oopsie-daisy. That was just last week. Same Washington Post that was breathlessly cited last night and regurgitated among media circles. It's like one big mass group thing. You know, you can really see it out transparent in the open on Twitter. Because if you're a liberal leftist, you know, destroy Trump media person at CNN or the New York Times or at any of these many blogs and websites, they all they do all day is retweet each other and tell them how great they are. And they've got this, well, if you tweet my, my story, I'll tweet your story. If you tweet my story, it's, it's like kindergarten. I've never seen anything like it. And, of course, there was the big Washington Post story about the Fuhrer growing over Comey's firing because Comey, just days before, had asked for additional resources. And there was that Washington Post Fuhrer, that headline there. And then, unfortunately... The FBI director, Andrew McCabe, who replaced as the acting FBI director, said, no, we had sufficient resources. No, we're not asking. So you got so many credibility issues, which then gets to a narrative that I've been advancing since Friday with Newt Gingrich. Newt Gingrich put it all together in an unbelievably powerful piece that's on FoxNews.com. I'll post it on Hannity.com. And he says, four months now, we've been watching the news media and they're unending, I'll add tinfoil conspiracy hat theories and dishonesty and falsehoods reported and hostility and contempt for all things this president president has a job to do protecting defending the constitution commander in chief to you know get people in poverty food stamps and out of the labor force back to work make us energy independence protect the homeland build the wall the things that he promised repeal replace obamacare he doesn't as newt says he doesn't know the washington press corps thing and in the day and age he's the first president that used social media successfully to help win the presidency the first one they don't He doesn't owe them a thing. And then he talked about Franklin Roosevelt in his first press conference in 1933 in March. And, you know, the press, no one was permitted to directly quote the president. They, the vast majority of the conversation is without attribution off the record. The purpose was to understand what's going on. Understand so that you can communicate with your readers. In this case, viewers in the olden days, radio listeners. Not that we're old. but And since Watergate, as he points out, there's been this, this arrogant attitude and elitism and this sense of entitlement and this sense of superiority, but also an agenda. How many of these reporters and their co- parent companies were caught colluding in the last election with Hillary Clinton? They don't want genuine dialogue in these daily on-camera briefings. Newt made that point, too. And he's suggesting, as I've been suggesting, as we're both suggesting, and I believe with all my heart that they've got to overhaul what they're doing in the White House press office. And as he mentioned, you know, watching every day with high ratings, the media trying to taunt and embarrass poor Sean Spicer or Sarah Huckabee, you know, becomes a little bit ridiculous. And some of these, you know, you have a few fair minded people, but not a lot. How many of you know that after the president met with the president of Egypt, el-Sisi, that a young American woman was released from an Egyptian jail? What if Obama had done that? Well, front page news. How many of you know that the president was only supposed to meet 45 minutes or 30, 45 minutes with the Chinese president on two occasions alone at Mar-a-Lago, and they went on for three, four, five hours, both sessions? And that when the Chinese president went home, remember the president told him about the Tomahawk missile attack on Syria while they were at dinner together at dessert. And remember when the president, you know, the the president of China goes home and the first thing he does is put troops on the border with North Korea. And then he sends back a coal that they were importing from North Korea and and imports American coal. Or that this past week, that $2.5 billion in American beef is now going to be Going to China that had never been there before. The natural gas and financing services and ending a 13-year period where they refused to buy in China American beef. I think that's a pretty good story to tell. bet most of you didn't hear it unless you heard me say it, because I said it. Recent job numbers, manufacturing have been remarkable. You know, I don't see those numbers being printed. president's going to Saudi Arabia, Israel, the Vatican, Brussels, G7. All over the Middle East, he may meet 50 world leaders. Nobody knows about that either because nobody wants to focus on that. They're too busy sabotaging the president with, like last night, breathless false reporting. It's fake news. And now we have this whole story, the whole Russia conspiracy lie. And again, if there's evidence that ever emerges, evidence that ever emerges, I promise we'll look into it. But as of now, there's not a smidgen of evidence about the Trump campaign, the Trump transition team, ever colluding with the Russians. None. Zero zip as confirmed by Clapper and Admiral Rogers, former director of national intelligence James Clapper. Now, on top of it, things get a little dicey after what was revealed last night. And I first saw it literally pop on the Drudge Report as I got off the air last night. And that is a DNC staffer. Remember, he was gunned down July 10th. Let me give you the the timeline. And then we find out that, oh, my goodness, federal investigators in this article on Fox saying, well, 44,053 emails, 17,761 attachments between the DNC leaders from January 2015, May 2016, transferred from Seth Rich to this guy McFadden, and that was before May 21st, July 10th, Seth Rich is killed. They've been saying now for almost a year, it's a burglary. It looks like a burglary. Shot in the back, alone. Burglary ended up, they didn't take his wallet. They didn't take his watch. So it wasn't really a burglary. And And then 12 days after, Seth Rich was killed. WikiLeaks published... An internal D.C., these internal D.C. emails that show Democratic Party officials conspiring to stop Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont from becoming the party's presidential nominee. Debbie Wasserman Schultz resigns on the eve of the DNC convention. Julian Assange, I just played it in a Dutch interview, pretty much identifies Rich as his source and repeatedly had said Russia wasn't. Say what you will. I know so. Hannah, do you trust Julian Assange? I asked him every question I could think of. I can't think of one question I missed because I even asked him about this, which we're going to get into in the next hour. I'm going to play all the tapes in the next half hour. Then we'll check in with Rod Wheeler. And remember, in what is it now? I guess 11 years, WikiLeaks has never been proven wrong. By the way, they're so accurate that the New York Times copies what they have and they print it. But he's horrible. But the New York Times is fine. Now, the Metropolitan Police Department, they don't have suspects. They don't have any substantial leads. The department released a statement. They're looking for people's help at this particular point in time. It's now going back 10 months. The department's offering a $25,000 reward for information. The FBI's national office declined comment on this thing. But it seems very suspicious, and Democrats are scared to death about this. Why? Because the Democrats know that their entire Russia narrative dies. Because I remember reporting, and we'll remind you, back in August of last year about Seth Rich. August, and how there were reports. It was either the Examiner or the Times. I looked today, I still couldn't find it. But reports that Seth Rich, in fact, he could have been the person that leaked and not the Russians. And that he was a dis—that there was some dissatisfied Democrat in the DNC that was disgusted over the treatment of Bernie Sanders, and a report in that Washington paper that the information was transferred by hand to somebody that it got in the hands of WikiLeaks, which they published twelve days after he died, um, because. It, and it, and it was done in the in a forest or wooded area in Washington, D.C., near American University. Jeez. I don't know. An FBI forensic report, 96 hours after Richard's murder, showed he had contact with WikiLeaks and Gavin McFadden. By the way, he's now deceased, too. But he was an investigator reporter, documentary filmmaker, director of WikiLeaks, living in London at the time. I also asked Julian Assange a lot about the one time he got a little annoyed with me is when I asked him about somebody who's a friend of his, who was the former UK ambassador to Uzbekistan, and whether or not he would, because he was the one that advanced the narrative about the meeting at American University and the transfer in the wooded area. hassan didn't like that question. I remember at the time, remember Linda, we talked about that at the time. So do I, do we know what happened here? it seems really suspicious the timeline is suspicious but the most damning part of all of this is that we might have a situation for like a year where an entire nbc network and cnn and new york times all of them went with a phony narrative full of lies Quote, I've seen and read the emails between Seth Rich and WikiLeaks, a federal investigator told Fox News. The emails are now in possession of the FBI. Well, that might be another reason why James Comey needed to be fired. And in the hands of the Washington Police Department. When are they going to release these? Didn't matter. You know, Trump didn't share classified information with the Russians. They went with a, a newspaper that was proven false. Twice last week. As if it was the truest thing on earth. Very unbelievable times we're living in. What did I say at the beginning of the show today? I said that there are five groups the destroy Trump media, sore loser Democrats, deep state leakers. In other words, the deep state, the swamp, the never-Trumpers that want relevance and want to be proven right, and establishment Republicans that never like Trump. They're all aligning against this man. And a lot of it seems to be predicated on an outright falsehood that we may be able to fix soon. 800 941 is a toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Now, we're going to play the tapes that I have with Julian Assange, what we were saying at the time. Then we're going to check in, hopefully, with Rod Wheeler. And then Rod Wheeler is going to give us his take, what his investigation has told us. Then we'll get to your calls 800 941 Sean is our number. We've been so ahead of this story like usual, by the way, like vetting Obama and telling Obama's failures and, and telling the truth about Hillary's law-breaking, but that's why I guess I'm hated so much, and these people are so lazy in the media. All right now we're two of the Sean Hannity Show, right down our toll-free telephone number. Now, Rod Wheeler, who's been doing this investigation, is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. I want to take you through all that has happened as it relates to Seth Rich and this DC Fox report on the murder that played last night that is now making headline news around the country because we have been involved in this story and obviously my interviews over the many interviews radio and TV that I had with Julian Assange plays a part in this and I raised questions about it a number of times with him here's the Fox DC report
3: we are just two months shy of the one-year anniversary of Seth rich's murder and ever since we learned rich was a DNC staffer the conspiracy theories online have taken a life of their own but today Fox 5 has learned there is new information that could prove these theorists are, in fact, right. New information from the family's private investigator suggests there is tangible evidence on Seth Rich's laptop that confirms he was communicating with WikiLeaks prior to his death. Now, the question is, why has D.C. police, as the lead agency on the investigation for the past 10 months, insisted this was a botched robbery, when, till this day, there is no evidence to suggest that? The Rich family hired Rod Wheeler a former MPD homicide detective, to run a parallel investigation into their son's death. Wheeler says he believes there's a cover-up and the police department has been told to back down from the investigation.
6: The police department nor the FBI has been forthcoming. They haven't been cooperating at all. I believe that the answer to solving his debt lies on that computer, which I believe is either at the police department or either at at the FBI. I've been told both.
3: But you have sources at the FBI saying that there is information that would link Seth Rich to WikiLeaks?
6: Absolutely. Yeah, and that's confirmed. Actually, I have a source inside the police department that has looked at me straight in the eye and said, Rod, we were told to stand down in this case, and I can't share any information with you. Now, that's highly unusual for a murder investigation, especially from a police department. Again, I don't think it comes from the chief's office, but I do believe there is a correlation between the mayor's office and the DNC, and that's the information that's going to come out tomorrow.
3: And a full report with the new breaking details and this information will air tomorrow morning on Fox News Channel. Sean. Between the mayor's office, the DNC, explosive allegations in that report, Marina. Will there be evidence, though, to prove those allegations tomorrow? Well, Sean Rod Wheeler, the investigator, assures us Fox 5 and assures Fox News that there's a full report that contains information that will show how many times Seth Rich made contact with WikiLeaks and will show exactly when this communication took
0: place. All right. So that was the report last night. Now, this is something we've talked at length about and in many interviews with Julian. And I'll get to that in a second. I have asked him about this. I had an interview and uh, I forget when this actually goes back. I think it was 8-10-2016 with Rachel Alexander. And there was this whole and, and at that time, I would actually argue it was probably conspiratorial. But there were a lot of very strange, odd, weird facts that were associated with all of this and different points that I brought up. For example, you know, Julian Assange saying over and over, it wasn't the Russians. Assange suggesting, which we'll get to in a second, that a DNC staffer, staffer was inexplicably murdered because he was the source of the leaked emails to steal the election from Bernie Sanders. I think it was the Washington Examiner, one of those those newspapers, that at first leaked this thing, but steal the election from Bernie Sanders. Remember, this guy was shot in the back, no robbery, his watch and wallet, warrant stolen. So it's not your typical, why are you going to shoot somebody? Somebody, rob somebody And that's been the investigation ever since, and they have no leads whatsoever. Anyway, there are other talks about other deaths. Just to give you some context, texture, and let you understand the whole story, here's Rachel Alexander. Anyway, joining us to uh, get into more of this, we have Rachel Alexander. She's a senior editor at The Stream. She did a piece on the oddity of deaths happening within the Democratic Party, one after another in recent weeks. Young staffers, affiliates of the Clintons, have been found dead. So what exactly is happening? What is Assange saying here? Uh, By the way, I'll say up front, am I insinuating in any way, shape, matter, or form that Hillary Clinton or the Clinton campaign or the DNC is responsible? No, but the DNC emails were leaked a few weeks ago, et cetera, et cetera, and – there are questions that people are raising, so we're just asking what this is all about. Considering it's been the lead all over the place on the web today, and to put this uh, in the context, we have joining us now Rachel Alexander and also Jim Hoff of Gateway Pundit. Welcome both of you, Rachel. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Sean. All right. So I read your piece at Town Hall: Clinton body count or left wing conspiracy? Three with ties to the DNC mysteriously die. So what's happening? beyond Seth Rich.
7: Um, yeah, there's a couple other uh, people with ties to the DNC who also showed up uh, in dead under odd circumstances. You know, One was a former uh, head leader at the UN, and uh, the other one was a young guy who was a process server who was serving the DNC with a complaint from Bernie Sanders supporters. And um, they both... Um, Died from medical reasons, but the medical reasons just seemed a little bit odd. And, you know, as I'm a former prosecutor and so. When I see things like that, I just feel like we need to uh, investigate them and look at them thoroughly and not just, you know, say what Snopes says, you know, this is false, you know. The police haven't even finished their uh, investigations in all three of these, uh, these interesting, I don't, you know, curious deaths. I'm not saying, you know, that there's anything that's wrongdoing going on. I don't know, and nobody can make any conclusions until the police So are, Seth,
0: Seth was 27. How old was Sean Lucas?
7: You know, I tried to find his age, and I couldn't, but he looks pretty young. I would uh, guess maybe 35.
0: Yeah. And what about, what can you tell us about John Ash?
7: Um, John Ash was about 61 years old, and he was uh, about to uh, testify and, and be prosecuted. In, um, he, di- uh, he
0: died apparently from dropping a barbell on his own throat while working out.
7: Correct. And the weird thing is, is the U.N. came out immediately and said that he had died of a heart attack. And then they had to go back and uh, retract it.
0: Yeah. Now, he was supposed to testify against this Chinese real estate developer who was implicated in the China Gate scandal for funneling money to the DNC for Bill Clinton through Charlie Tree years ago, Right.
7: That's right. And so, you know, you've got the whole connection to the DNC going back then. And, uh, you know, there were people uh, insinuating no. that a lot of damaging information was going to come out about the Clintons when he testified. And so uh, the, the, that's the speculation, you know, why somebody All would right. have... I don't
0: want to get too deep into conspiracy theories. Let me make sure I tell my audience this, that I don't think this, is, real, this has any, is going to have any impact on the campaign. This is not the advice I'd give Donald Trump to ever talk about. This is just fascinating, based especially with somebody like Julian Assange, who's claiming that he has information that would be an October surprise that would derail Hillary Clinton's attempt to get to the presidency. All right. I want to reiterate my points there. And I, I, that was the chatter at the time. And people had interesting theories and things were written and, and so on and so forth. But as you notice, it was mostly about Seth Rich, and there's not been a whole lot said about the other cases at all. And I was right, and I know not advance conspiracies, but this is what other people were saying, and we were just keeping you in the loop. Now, I did have numerous interviews with Julian Assange, and Julian Assange has said repeatedly, well, you don't have to believe him or not, I'm just laying out information for you, that Russia is not our source. Here's what he said.
4: Uh, our source is not the Russian government.
0: So, in other words, let me be clear. Russia did not give you the Podesta documents or anything from the DNC. That's correct. Okay, Okay. so that was just one time that he said it to me. He actually said it numerous times. Then he was on Dutch TV, and in this interview, he implies... Now, remember, it led to a a $20,000 reward for information leading to... Uh, uh, Seth Rich's murderer. Remember, he was shot in the back, no crime committed, at his watch, at his wallet. And this is Julian on Dutch TV specifically implying that Seth Rich was the WikiLeaks source. Whistleblowers
4: go to significant efforts to get us material, and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered just two weeks ago for unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, there's no finding. So, what
5: that's are you suggesting? Sort of, what are you suggesting?
4: Well, I'm suggesting that our sources take risks, and they are, they become concerned to see things occurring like that.
5: But was he one uh, of your sources then?
4: I mean, we don't comment on who our sources but are. Why but why make
5: the suggestion? about a young guy being shot in the streets of Washington? Because uh, we have to understand
4: how high the stakes are in the United States and that our sources face serious risks. That's why they come to us, so we can protect their anonymity. But Uh, it's
5: quite something to suggest a murder. That's basically what you're doing.
4: Well, that others have, have suggested that, we are investigating to understand what happened uh, in that situation with Seth Rich. I think it is a concerning situation. There's not a conclusion yet. We wouldn't be willing to uh, state a conclusion, but we are concerned about it. And more importantly, a variety of WikiLeaks sources are concerned when that kind of thing happens.
0: Now, if you go to information that has come out today, one article in, in particular, actually reporting... 44,000 potential contacts information as it relates to Seth Rich and WikiLeaks. And this is an FBI investigator that released that information. That's an awful lot of contact. And again, it's not been confirmed, but we do know that, quote, and this is in the Fox News piece that was put up, that 44,000. Thousand fifty three emails, 17,761 attachments between the DNC leaders spanning from January 2015 through late May 2016 were transferred from Seth Rich to McFadden before May 21st. When I had an opportunity to ask about this, I believe it was the Examiner. It may have been the Times. I forget at the time. You know, this guy, Craig Murray, meeting in the woods at America University and a transfer of documents took place. Listen to how Sanj doesn't want to go there. Let me ask you about the Chris Craig Murray, former British ambassador to Uzbekistan, an associate of yours. He was quoted in the Daily Mail that he flew to Washington, D.C. for the emails. He claimed he had a clandestine handoff in a wooded area near American University with one of the email sources, and the leaker's motivation was, quote, discussed at the corruption of the Clinton Foundation and the tilting of the primary election playing field against Bernie Sanders, and he said the source had legal access to the information. The documents came from inside leaks, not from hacks.
4: Yeah, we don't comment on sourcing. Craig Murray is a former UK ambassador. He is a a friend of mine. He... Is not authorized to speak uh, on behalf of WikiLeaks.
0: Are you angry that he gave this interview?
4: Uh, I just don't want to go anywhere near that.
0: Okay. I don't want to go anywhere near that. We're going to take a break here. Now, uh, the D.C. mayor was interviewed by our friend Kerry Pickett. We're going to play a little of that when we get back. Then Rod Wheeler, who is really at the heart of this third-party investigation, will join us.
2: Looking for fake news? You
1: won't find it here. You're with Sean Hannity. On
0: the air now. now. Right as we continue, Sean Hannity shows so our friend Kerry uh, Pickett interviewed Muriel Bowser, who is the mayor of D.C. And I want you to listen to this interview in light of our discussion about Seth Rich. And then we'll check in with Detective Rod Wheeler, who is doing a third party investigation that opened all of this up late last night.
3: Okay, Mayor Bowser, so your reaction to no, the no. allegations from Rod Wheeler? We talked to him yesterday yeah, the about right the Seth investigation. investigation. Yes. He mm-hmm. Alleges
7: oh. there's some kind of cover-up in D.C. government. So, I don't yeah. really have a reaction to that. But what can you tell us about the status of the investigation? I don't know who that person is, and the chief of police can give you the best
3: person to give you the status of that.
7: Well, he's claiming that he's working with the family. The family says he has been helping
3: them, but being paid by a third party. So uh, Who's that? It's Rod Wheeler. Who's he, the third party?
7: I don't know. Oh, okay. Yes, but that's what the family told us. Um, and they said that, but he told us last night that he has information that there's evidence on Seth Rich's laptop that connects him to communications with him. This is uh,
3: what I think is important to, to talk about, that any homicide in the District of Columbia gets the full of attention of the Metropolitan Police Department. Uh, and in fact, we have a cold case unit uh, that is always focused on uh, how they solve homicides in D.C., no matter how old the homicides are. In fact, they had a, a recent case closure for homicide uh, that have, now we know, can charge on homicides it's been years long uh, so the residents of the District of Columbia should recognize that the people of the Metropolitan Police Department are very focused on
0: closing the homicides
3: Mayor um, were you ever in communication with the DNC over this case or no? Sure. I'm sorry? Were you ever in communication with the DNC with this case or no? Of course I think the Metropolitan Police Department in the course of their investigation have reached out to any and all parties
7: um, What did you talk about with them as far as this case
8: was concerned?
3: I, I don't think I particularly talked to the DNC. They came in to talk to, with us with Seth's family, and then our discussion was with them. So,
8: so, so there wasn't
3: anything that had to do with a stand-down order that you're being accused Absolutely of? Certainly not. That's
5: preposterous.
0: That's preposterous. Now, you're talking about a, a Democratic mayor, and you're also talking about uh, a woman that, you know, if you want to go through her background and her history and her politics, because I think this is very important— you know, she helped open the new Clinton campaign office in Dupont, and this isn't the first time Bowser has stumped for Clinton. Back in May, and this is going back a year ago, she was the ready for Hillary was with ready for Hillary by supporting the candidate during back to back primary uh, campaign office openings in in D.C. And she said, "When I think about somebody who's going to represent me in the dangerous places in the world, I don't want to see Donald." She proclaimed. So she has no interest in Donald Trump. Now, what does this mean? I don't really know, but that's why we've invited Rod Wheeler on the program and why he's going to join us next and why we're just going to ask what his investigation is all about and and try and get to the bottom of this and why and if there really was 44,000 contacts with WikiLeaks and we have an unsolved murder – And we have all these stories that have been running rampant about, well, it wasn't Russia. The whole thing is predicated on a big lie. There's never been any evidence of collusion. 44,000 emails. The guy gets shot in the back. There's no crime. He has his wallet. He has his watch. Okay, why was he killed? And why was he in communication with WikiLeaks? And is it related? I don't know the answer to those questions. We'll check in with private investigator Rod Wheeler, former uh, D.C. detective, as we continue. Eight hundred nine four one. 941 Sean is our toll free telephone number. All right, 25 now to the top of the our Top story of the day. Well, we got two top stories. We got a media frenzy bias at an abusive level that I don't think any of us ever thought possible, and especially those of us that knew the media was this biased for such a long period of time. You know, how couldn't they be so wrong so often, like the Washington Post, and then go out there last night breathlessly reporting something else that was immediately slammed down by the White House? And again, unnamed sources outside of the White House. Okay, who are they? And if you're just joining us, the family of... The slain DNC staffer. Now, we expect Rod Wheeler will join us in a few minutes. I guess he got delayed for some reason. But when he joins us, hopefully we'll, we'll get a, be able to get him on. But, you know, you got to go back and you got to remember that the DNC had lots of problems with leaking. Remember, the, the big story was Russia released and russia gave all of this to wikileaks and did russia collude with the trump campaign and did they collude after the campaign with the trump transition team now that was and has been and continues to be the the major narrative in all of this now if you if you go back to this dnc staffer seth rich is his name he's gone down july 10th washington dc and There had been reports, and we reported it at the time, as we explained in the last half hour and and earlier today. There had been reports that, in fact, it was never the Russians. That, in fact, this happened as a result of, of a disenfranchised Democrat who was furious at the treatment of Bernie Sanders and the collusion that took place to defeat Bernie Sanders. Anyway, so this guy gets shot down. There's no robbery motive, although for whatever reason, you have the D.C. police investigators. They keep harping on a robbery motive. Well, what if you're going to shoot somebody in the back, you're going to leave their wallet? Are you going to leave their watch? Are you just going to leave them there? That doesn't make sense. Uh, Or else somebody probably would have come forward. At least by now, we might have at least heard from somebody in some capacity. Anyway, so Rod Wheeler, I've known for years, a former homicide detective in in Washington, D.C., and so he's hired by this third party to investigate this case. And remember that Julian Assange, what I played in the last hour, Julian Assange is out there, and Julian Assange is saying, excuse me, hello, um, it's me, um, was not the Russians. Oh, and by the way, in a Dutch interview, really strongly suggest it was Seth Rich. And they're so interested they want to offer a $20,000 reward for information leading to the— to the conviction of somebody who was involved in this. Anyway, so he's investigating this. Now, the family, okay, un- say they're, he's unauthorized to speak for them, but they recognize that, in fact, he was hired by a third party to help the family. And then you got a family spokesman that's scared to death about any type of WikiLeaks connection of of Seth and and I can even understand that and they say the bar is not high enough to prove any interactions with emails etc cetera, etc cetera, where a family committed to facts all right that's that's fine they're sensitive clearly to to any type of speculation that Seth Rich could have leaked the emails damaging to the DNC since he was murdered during the height of this presidential campaign and we still don't have any real I- information or evidence and the murder remains unsolved. So anyway, Wheeler, who I've known for, for almost two decades, I think, I mean, back in the Hannity and Combs days, he's always been a great guest, very credible, and he went out there and he he did his background work, and, and now we're finding out some things we hadn't known before that seemed to corroborate that which Julian Assange was suggesting. Now, one FBI forensic report of Rich's computer generated within 30, uh, 96 hours of his murder— shows that he made contact with WikiLeaks through Gavin McFadden, who's a now-deceased American investigative reporter, a documentary filmmaker, and director of WikiLeaks, who was living in London at the time. And I have seen and read the emails between Seth Rich and WikiLeaks, according to the federal investigator telling the Fox News channel, confirming that McFadden had this connection. And he said the emails apparently are in the possession of, of the FBI, by the way, if that ends up being true, yet another reason why James Comey should have been fired and is in the hands of the Washington Police Department. If that's true, why hasn't this been discussed in the past? Why wasn't the public the the, the public's help saw in resolving the death of this poor 27 year old kid? Now, that's consistent with what Rod Wheeler is saying whose private investigation firm was hired by this third party on behalf of Rich's family to probe the case. And what Wheeler said, quote, is my investigation up to this point that there's some degree of email exchange between Seth Rich and WikiLeaks. And he goes on to say, I do believe that the answers to who murdered Seth Rich sits on his computer on a shelf at D.C. police and FBI headquarters. Now, here's where it gets... Really interesting. The federal investigator requesting anonymity said the 44,053 emails, 17,761 attachments between the DNC committee leaders spanning from January 2015 through May 2016 were transferred from Seth Rich to this guy McFadden before May 22nd. Now, July 22nd, this is 12 days after, remember, he was killed on the 10th. 12 days after Seth Rich was killed, WikiLeaks, then at that point, July 22nd, last year, publishes internal DNC emails that appear to show all these top party officials. Remember what happened to Debbie Wasserman Schultz on the eve of of the DNC, what do you call it? Um, not the platform committee, but on the eve of the convention resigning having to resign why because of information that WikiLeaks revealed that showed these top party officials in the DNC conspiring to stop Senator Bernie Sanders of Vermont and colluding against Sanders and the deck was stacked against Sanders by the way it was completely obvious remember the super delegate issue that we had debated a lot at the time now then WikiLeaks leader Julian Assange we've spent a lot of time talking to Julian Assange Um, when he said unequivocally, it ain't Russia, it's not. Some people say, "Ah, that's Julian Assange, he's just protecting. Okay, but they do have an 11-year track record of never being wrong. Never, not one time. And people want them to be wrong, have looked for them to be wrong. And what they publish is accurate. Even the New York Times publishes what WikiLeaks publishes. Now, he stopped short in that interview with Dutch TV, identifying Rich as the source of the emails. But he took a pretty keen interest in the case and didn't deny working with Rich. And then he offered an unprecedented $20,000 reward for information leading to the conviction for the murder of DNC staffer Seth Rich. That's WikiLeaks that announced that. So, you know, Washington's police, they have no suspects, no leads. And as to who the killer killers may be. But this now goes back last night to the to the Fox report that I played for you in the last hour. Now we have, finally, they're asking for information. Anybody who feels they have information, we urge them to call us. They gave out a statement. And they're offering a reward, $25,000 for information on the case. FBI's national office declined to comment. Well, if they have all of this information, why haven't they gotten into it? All right, let's get to our phones here. A lot of you have been very patient. I guess Rod Wheeler must have got caught up. I know he's busy today. But he will be on Hannity tonight, 10 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Uh, let's go to Marvin in Columbia, South Carolina. Hey, Marvin, how are you?
9: Hey, Sean, I I, I really appreciate you taking my call. Sean, this Seth Miller, uh, Seth uh, Rich. Rich case is... Yes, yes, sir. This Seth Rich case is just very suspect. I mean, it just reeks of, uh, of, of some type of uh, uh, corruption is what I would think. And then uh, on, on, another no- on another note... Uh, Sean, I know it's on a, on a different topic, but, uh, you know, it, it's very common knowledge that the Obama administration and or not necessarily the Obama administration, but the, the Democrats, they uh, uh, targeted conservatives. And, you know, and in, 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 in with the Obama administration, he increased the unmasking tenfold uh, an unprecedented amount of um, amount of, of numbered uh, unmaskings. And. I mean, I, I, I'd like to see if somebody can try to figure out how many people that were unmasked were actually conservative or, you know, well, what we're
0: seeing is that in what what circuit Sarah Carter, John Solomon of all reported is that the number of instances of surveillance on masking went up 600 percent in this election season, 2015 and 2016. It seems It almost is exclusively sort of like the IRS, the use of the IRS to intimidate conservatives almost seems to be at a number astronomically high in terms of Trump supporters, Trump campaign officials. And they're using the guise of intelligence gathering to basically spy on Americans and violate their Fourth Amendment protections. Yes, sir. All right. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. 800 Sean, You want to be a part of the program? All right. Bianca, next, Florida. Sean Hannity Show. How are you, Bianca? Hi,
8: Hi Sean. How are
0: you? I'm good. What's going Thanks.
8: on? Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm calling about you know, this Seth Rich story, which I've actually been following for quite some time. And, I mean, first of all, Julian Assange put up a reward for his killer, which, if that wasn't a tip to everyone— everyone I mean, everyone in congress should have been alerted alerted to that i mean seth rich had he was privy to the information to the inside workings of the dnc and he was murdered in an affluent neighborhood and yet congress and all of washington and mainstream media most of mainstream media with the exception of you seem to have not cared and, I mean, where is Congress? They should, I mean, and the Democrats. This is one of their own. I mean, they should be concerned that one of their own was murdered right there in their own backyard, and yet it has been ignored until now.
0: It's and so I interesting. I want to know why. I want to know why, too. The reason Democrats, if in fact this guy was, in fact, as, as some have speculated— If he, in fact, was the person, let's say it was at American University, as one Washington newspaper printed, and he handed off all these documents in the woods, or or he had a representative do it, and in fact, that's what WikiLeaks published, and it all comes tumbling down, the entire lie, the entire conspiracy, the entire narrative – And it comes from a Democrat that felt betrayed by a party that colluded to elect one person and conspired to to push out the free selection of an independent choice by Democrats. If I'm a Democrat. I'm Bernie Sanders, a Bernie Sanders supporter. I am ticked. Anyway, I've got to run. I appreciate your call. Thank you for being with us.
6: The final hour of the Sean Hannity Show is up next. Hang on for Sean's conservative solutions.
9: Good evening, Madam Leader. Thank you. Before the election on November 8th, your side of the aisle were asking for the former head of the FBI to resign.
10: Mm-hmm.
9: Now that he has been let go, why the sudden and selective outrage from your side of the aisle?
10: But I appreciate that. Some people were asking him to be let go. I said I thought it wasn't a good, well, he wasn't well suited to the heat that comes with the job. But I never said he should be fired. And for the president of the United States to fire somebody with his own self-admission that he didn't like, he was tired of the Russia Trump uh, probe, is uh, is, is uh, distressing. It's distressing. We believe, and the FBI is being an independent law enforcement. Agency to be respected and not to be fired by the president because he's tired of an investigation they're doing And that's really what the it was the nature and the timing of it if he had these concerns about how Hillary Clinton was treated he could have let him go a long time ago, not two days before he was supposed to do the, the global threat assessment that may have included Russia.
0: I have something to say here. Donald Trump, if you're watching, first of all, you're a bad president. Please resign. Second of all, <laughs> second, please, please, please don't take Sean Spicer from us. <laughs> Where am I going to get my daily dose of veiled anger and condescension? <laughs> Sarah Huckabee Sanders is okay, but she doesn't have that certain say what?
2: Let's face it, if this information was so sensitive, then why did Intel leak it to the Washington Post? Whoever leaked it undermined the alliance, and that person or person should be dealt with severely. Uh, now, as far as the Intel communities, there's, something's out of control here. I read the Washington Post story very carefully. And more than that, I spent 16 years in the United States Congress tracking all these things that are said about foreign policy. There's a high BS quotient going on right here, and and the meter should be going off all over town. Uh, You know, we don't need to look to Russia for any affirmation here. We need to ask questions about why is this intelligence uh, community trying to upend the president of the United States with these leaks. Here's the post story. I mean, it's, and all over town, people are saying, well, the president did this and that. Look, I disagree with President Trump on a number of issues, but on this one, there can only be one president and somebody in the intelligence community is trying to upend this president in order to pursue a policy direction that puts us in conflict with Russia. The question is, why? and who, and we need to find out. More
0: on all of this, Joe Concher from The Hill is next. He wants to know what happened here, let's get to the bottom of this. This investigation
6: needs to continue, they need to get to the bottom of it. I think an independent commission is the most comprehensive way to get to the
2: bottom of that. That's the only way we're gonna get to the bottom of this. It shows clearly that he does not want to get to uh, the bottom of it. We need to get to the bottom of this. It would be in everyone's best interest
11: to get to the bottom of this. Maybe the Republicans don't really want to get to the bottom of this thing. anything. I think it's going to make them want to get to the bottom of this more. A democracy can't function without trust.
6: We've got to get to the bottom of this. We
2: have to get to the bottom
6: of what the heck happened here.
0: We've got to get to the bottom of this Russia-Trump conspiracy. And of course, there's been no evidence, as we've played many, many times on the program James Clapper, Admiral Rogers and and others, but the media continues its hysteria. Now, you know, there's a couple of great pieces out today, and one is by Newt Gingrich and Newt Gingrich taking on the media in this country and how abusively biased they are, the presses, that is. And he goes into a number of points that I have been making. You know, the president's job, we've seen more dishonesty, more hostility, more contempt towards this president than any other president that I can think of in, in our lifetime by far. Now, the president has a job to do, commander in chief, defend, protect and defend the Constitution and, you know, make the economy better, create jobs, get people out of poverty, food stamps and and back in the labor force and being able to buy their first home and fix the health care system. And, you know, the the, the president, what does he really owe in the day and age of social media? The Washington Press Corps. And Newt cited in his article, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's opening press conference, March 8th, 1933, no one was permitted to directly quote. The president, and it was, you know, without attribution, vast majority of the conversation without attribution or off the record. And the purpose was for the media to understand what was going on. And what New points out, and I think rightly so since Watergate, the news media has become more arrogant, more biased, really radical now to the left. And he made a really good point that instead of an opportunity, Of meeting with a a daily press briefing for public dialogue. You know, it's, as he calls it, a bloody battleground and desperate attempts to taunt and embarrass Sean Spicer. And it's not serving the country, you, the American people. It's not serving the president. And the only thing it's serving is to fuel the fire of a left-wing media that that really seems to have a destroy Trump agenda. And then he goes on to offer some suggestions. And he made some good points, too. You know, the Egyptian president, El-Sisi, goes to the White House... And an American woman ends up being released from jail. The, the, the president, the Chinese president, meets with Donald Trump, only supposed to be a half hour two times, ends up being four or five hours each time. And we have billions of dollars in American beef that's now going to be imported to China. Uh, we now know that he put 175,000 troops on the border with North Korea and he sent back some coal from North Korea as a, as a strong signal to stop the saber rattling against the U.S. and the world. You know, they're not talking about manufacturing jobs, which have gone up incredible, or the president's trip that's coming up, which is, is probably likely to be historic. Anyway, so what's the right thing to do? Joining us, Joe Concha. He's the media writer. I don't know what your, your title is. That doesn't really matter to me. Um, over <laughs> at The Hill. Columnist. How are you?
6: I'm a media reporter and columnist for The Hill newspaper.
0: You're like you an, an island unto is yourself. I say this to you all line. the time. You're not part of the the like... You know, you tweet me, I'll tweet you, crowd, and among the liberal media, destroy Trump media, and they just keep spinning each other's narrative with more hysteria and more breathlessness, whatever it happens to be, right?
6: I think the problem in media, Sean, is that everybody needs their opinions verified by others in the bubble, and it's (laughs) not to serve the reader or the viewer, but to talk amongst each other. And that's why they missed the 2016 election completely, because they weren't talking to people in Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, Pennsylvania. They were talking to each other in the ivory towers in New York and Washington, where, what was the vote count? Something like 90% to 10 in Washington and New York, as far as uh, Clinton versus Trump. So yeah, that, that's a big problem that it's all about going viral now, Sean. It's all about being provocative and confrontational in these daily press briefings. And if you can get retweeted a lot of times, you get a story on Mediaite, or if the New York Times is picking up your confrontation with Sean Spicer, or Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you feel you've done your job when the job should be just to get information that serves the American people, be accurate, and not make it about yourself. Instead, everybody's about
0: making it about well, let's go to this Washington Post piece last night. I remember, remember what they said. Now, the story itself, you know, they cite according to current and former U.S. officials. So how does any former U.S. official that wasn't in the meeting or wasn't in the room that that the White House vigorously denies happened, how did they get to report that as fact?
6: Because the new rule now is that the New York Times has a a style guide. It's basically like a rule book. And the rule there is anonymity should be the last resort. And now, unfortunately, uh, anonymity is the first resort. The Washington Post ran a story last week, Sean, on Comey after he got fired, and they cited 30 unnamed sources in one story, not one on the record. So if I'm just your basic reader at home, I don't know what to make of this exactly, because, A, I played the game of telephone when, I'm, when I was a kid, and I'm pretty sure that 30 people never came out with the same story when they're trying to corroborate something. But more importantly, I don't know who those sources are. I don't know if they have access to the president or any senior level. I don't know if they have a motive or an agenda. So that's why everybody is so fatigued at home when they're trying to absorb crisis after crisis day after day, but it's always based on unnamed sources, and they don't know who these people are, and therefore they don't know who or what. What
0: to believe, isn't this the same Washington Post last week that said that the deputy attorney general uh, Rosenstein was threatening to resign because the White House was using his arguments as a, a point in a case to make for the firing of, of Comey and then? Sinclair Broadcasting Group, a D.C. affiliate, WJLA, uh, set, quoted him and got him on camera and, and him saying, I'm not quitting. I never threatened to quit over the Comey firing. Um, yeah,
6: that, that's one story. And and then the other one was around resources. Uh, Comey apparently was asking for more resources. And that was, an, and and that was proven
0: them? wrong, too.
6: Right, right. McCabe said that. No, we, we have uh, adequate resources. That's fine. But remember, in January, too, big, big story. The Vermont power grid has been hacked by the Russians. It turned out to be completely false. And you can go Google that right now, Washington Post, uh, Vermont power grid, and you will see that the headline is still there and then an editor's note below it saying, basically, yeah, we got this wrong. So I don't say they get every story wrong. I don't say you can't use an sources, but it can't be the first resort to paint a narrative. It should be the last resort. You try to get some people on the record and be accurate because, again, this is why I think 86% of Republicans don't trust the media, according to Gallup in September. That was before WikiLeaks and all those revelations. So that number's going to go into the 90s. And 70% of independents don't trust the media. That's going to go into the upper 70s, probably when they do this study again in uh, September. That's the reason why, because we don't know what to read, what to, what to believe anymore, because everything is just based on the anonymous source, like the one that said Donald Trump was wandering around the White House in a bathrobe, uh, according to Maggie Haberman and Glenn Thrush of the New York Times. And what? But based on who? Who told you this? Just put a name to it. And if you don't, don't report something as stupid as that. No one wants to know about that. They want to know about jobs, economy, trade, foreign policy. That's what got Donald Trump elected. That's what we need more reporting on.
0: Well, I agree. But there just seems to be five. I I think one of the reasons that the president is going to have a hard time getting his footing is for you have five groups now that are against him. You have the. The destroy Trump media, the destroy Trump Democrats, you know, led by Maxine Waters daily saying impeach, impeach, impeach. You've got weak Republicans that never supported Trump in the beginning and they're afraid of their own shadow and and they're not going to be any support. Then you've got the deep state. Remember Chuck Schumer said about NSA leakers, you better not mess with them. They'll get you six ways in Sunday. And we've seen an awful lot of leaking and lawbreaking, especially as it relates to unmasking and, and leaking intelligence, which is a violation of the Espionage Act. And then you got the Never Trumpers that are seeking relevance once again. And they sense blood in the water, and they want to be able to get out there, and they say, see, we told you. So it seems that five groups, you know, that are, are pretty powerful swamp people, if you want— my opinion, that are kind of created an unholy alliance. They all have the, the same goal, and, and they they feel that they have the ability now to go in there and take this president down. Am I wrong in that observation?
6: No, you're not wrong in that observation, Sean, and it's, it's frightening to know that every meeting with foreign officials is being leaked. I mean, remember the Australian prime minister call? Remember uh, the Canadian call, Mexican call? Now the Russian meeting, I mean, that's, that's scary stuff that our president can't even meet with foreign officials to talk about things like national security and fighting ISIS and, and all this classified information without it getting out. I mean, that, that's just beyond scary, and the media should be up in arms about that, but they're benefiting from the leaks, so they're not focusing on that part well, of I the Well I think you're,
0: you're making a good point. They're benefiting from the leaks. For example, let's give some examples. Saturday Night Live had their best rating season in years. Stephen Colbert, I think you'll correct me if I'm wrong, he's pretty close to dead, getting killed by Kimmel and by Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, third and,
6: place for the three years.
0: <laughs> okay, and, and probably on his way being fired in a couple of years and he ends up revitalizing his career okay that's fair he wants to revitalize his career I get it and then you've got you know Bill Maher he can talk about incest and make incest jokes about the president and his daughter and there are no ramifications just like the comments that Colbert made and they're making a healthy living and there's a lot of profits and you don't see any of these networks and the revitalization of of conspiracy tinfoil hat MSNBC I mean all they talk about is Russia and there's no evidence
6: Follow the money, follow the money, right? I mean, it's if you're anti-Trump, you get to play to a segment of the uh, of, of the population that will tune in night after night because they're they're addicted by hate. And uh, Media Research uh, Center just came out with a study, uh, Sean, that says that ninety-two percent of all of their coverage is about Donald Trump and it's negative. I mean that's just astounding because they at least MSNBC give them credit. They at least say who they are. They're they're the lean forward network. They're progressive, right? They have progressive hosts and that's fine. They don't try to hide that fact. CNN actually still portrays itself as the Network in the middle between Fox and MSNBC, and then numbers like this come out, and any objective person watches it for five minutes, and it's an absolute joke in terms of the vitriol towards Donald Trump, the hatred, forget the coverage, just the tone. Is just so disturbing. But then again, if you keep yelling crisis over and over again, and you're the media that cried wolf, after a while, just like that story with the boy that cried wolf, people just tune out. They're like, it just doesn't affect my life. I don't care. And fatigue takes over. Uh, and after a while, it just doesn't have any effect anymore. And when is that right. going
0: to happen? Can you give me a date? <laughs> because it's getting old. <laughs> right, we'll take a break. Joe not Joe What? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Joe Conchie the media writer over at The Hill. We'll come back. Well, when we come back, I want to ask him about the cheering in the Washington Post newsroom last night, especially when you compare it to when Obama showed up there and the reaction they gave him. As we continue, the abusively biased news media destroyed Trump media, and uh, we got analysis from Joe Concha of The Hill. Uh, what did you think of the cheering that took place as reported by Glenn Kessler? Who fact-checks the fact-checker, by the way? I've noticed he's been wrong a number of times. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, so he's the great fact checker and oh, grand applause when when this when the story that they produced yesterday actually surpassed the Access Hollywood tape and cheering in the newsroom. And I'm like, wow. That sounds like a pretty committed, radical left newspaper that has an agenda. Here's my question to Glenn Kessler. Three words.
6: Are you insane? How could you <laughs> share information like that? The optics are so horrible. It plays into every, every last fear that we have about the media as far as them being partisan and biased when they're actually cheering a Trump hit piece in the newsroom because it broke some traffic records. So, yay, lots of clicks. Oh, that doesn't look good, right, because you're all about business and yay this is bad for trump i would imagine sean that on the night of the 2016 election when pennsylvania went to trump and he was declared the winner i would imagine washington post traffic went through the roof right because that's a huge huge event you think there was cheering going on in that newsroom at that time
0: listen i watched tv that night and on these news networks it was like a funeral i mean it it was a state of shock and and awe that i don't think that any of them knew was coming, and and maybe one of the reasons is is because they all read those exit polls, even though they were wrong in '04, and John Kerry was going to be the president, and they were wrong this year. It had Donald Trump losing everything, and you know I never believed it when I saw it because I lived through 2004, and I just think I mean, I, I don't know how the president and is going to be able to function now it doesn't mean you don't like my idea for example of revamping how the press offices work let these people send their questions They give comprehensive answers on the top issues of the day they can they can ask for detail and context and texture with spicer get rid of the gotcha moments try and make it more informative and helpful to the american people you're not a fan of that
6: uh i i'm a fan of something like that but it's more like i'd rather have strictly business reporters on tuesday but i don't tell them what they can ask right i I think that's your, you're going over well, a line Well, it's not telling bit. them what they take. ask, but
0: if you, look, they know and they anticipate what the top stories are. So if you pick the fo- top 15, 20 stories based on the news of the day and what the president's agenda are, you, I mean, it should mostly cover everything. Now, let's say they come up with a story, rather than giving it off the cuff, trying to pin them down so they can get their soundbite for TV at night, I want to say, okay, let me give you a comprehensive answer, I'll get back to you in two hours.
6: Yeah, and you write it down. Jury on what the top stories of the day are, right? I mean, I'm sure the administration would love to talk about about. Only things that are positive to an administration because that's what they do. And reporters may have a different version of that. But, but OK, we'll, we'll agree to disagree on that. But I think, really, business reporters Tuesday, you're going to get a lot more substance there. I don't think business reporters necessarily from Forbes, Fortune, Bloomberg, Fox Business are going to uh, play gotcha games. I think they're going to try to just get down the numbers and substance around jobs, trade, uh, economy, uh, all those sort of things. So I think you get some, a lot more substance there. It's not perfect, but it, it's good. Farm press on Wednesday, global economy, a lot of tumult around the world. So yes, let's get them some questions as well. BBC, I don't see them acting like the American media either. And then Mark Simone, your good friend, I was on with him earlier, gave me a great idea for Thursday. He says, make it a town hall with teachers, lawyers, police, I love that. And whatever, and just have a, the American people ask questions. If they can't make it, bring them in over Skype. But wouldn't that be great if the American people could ask questions?
0: Well, I actually suggested that my own way. They can send questions on Facebook and that can be answered. But, you know, if you really want substance, isn't it better rather than gotcha to let sean spicer you know write down an answer then you can get into more context more texture more specifics it's amazing how these things have been spun out of control but anyway i tweeted out a couple of good articles one by newt gingrich today one by jeffrey lord over at um where did he write this for i guess the american spectator all right joe thank you and uh hopefully we'll see you soon and thanks for being with us all right thanks sean Eight hundred nine four one sean toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. When we come back, wide open telephones and much more coming up on The Sean Hannity Show. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. All right, so let me go over H.R. McMaster and talking about the premise of the Washington Post article, Just Is Plain False. And the president did not have inappropriate conversations or lapses with the, on, on issues of national security with the Russians. And, and the Washington Post story is, is about Trump revealing classified information is just plain false. And the president didn't compromise any sources or methods in the conversations. By the way, the same media breathlessly reporting this last night as if this was the smoking gun they can use to impeach Trump. They all ignored Hillary, didn't they? Even during the debate when she revealed information about the timing of nuclear codes. Anyway, here's McMaster.
11: There's nothing that the president takes more seriously than the the security of the American people. The story that came out tonight, as reported, is false. The president and the foreign minister reviewed a range of common threats to our two countries, including threats to civil aviation. At no time were intelligence sources or methods discussed. And the president did not disclose any military operations that were not already publicly known. Two other senior officials who were present including the Secretary of State, remember the meeting the same way and have said so. Their on-the-record accounts should outweigh those of anonymous sources. And I I was in the room. It didn't happen. Do you have anything to correct
9: in terms of what you said at the podium yesterday afternoon?
11: No, I I stamp by my statement that I made yesterday. What I'm saying is really the premise of that article is false, that in any way the president had a conversation that was inappropriate or that resulted in any kind of lapse in in national security. And so I think the real issue, and, and I think what I'd like to see really debated more is that our national security has been put at risk by those violating confidentiality and those releasing information uh, to the press that that uh, that could, that could be used uh, connected with other information available to to make American citizens and others more vulnerable. Did the
1: president share classified information with the Russians in that meeting?
11: And as I mentioned already, we don't say what's classified, what's not classified. What I will tell you again is that what the president shared was wholly appropriate. The story, the story combined, what was was leaked with other information and then and then and then insinuated about sources and methods so i wanted to make clear to everybody that the president in no way compromised any sources or methods in the course of this conversation. All
0: right, Joining us now to react is my friend Lou Dobbs. He's with our sister network on the Fox News Channel, the Fox Business Network, every weeknight at 7. He's a frequent guest on Hannity, although he never invites me on his show. He just doesn't want anything to do with me. How are you? I'm outstanding, Sean. And uh, what are you doing tonight? (laughs) (laughs) I'll do it tomorrow night if you want. Is that okay? It's been a busy day, brother. It's been a busy day. Oh, man. All right. Well, let me, what do you do when the Washington Post, who last week, just to be fair here, I mean, they got a number of stories wrong last week. You know, for exa- oh. example, last week they're talking about, well, James Comey asked for more resources just before he was fired to investigate the Russians. And no, uh, we have enough, we have adequate resources, was. The answer to that. And then they come out today and then like, according to current and former U.S. officials and the people in the room said, no, that didn't happen either. What do you do? Or, or, for example, they were saying Rosenstein threatened to quit. And then he was he was on tape at a Washington, D.C. station saying, no, I'm not quitting and I never threatened to quit. Absolutely.
12: That's the Washington Post in one week, Lou, one. One week, and the Washington Post is joined by the New York Times in that regard. These are two news outlets, as you well know, Sean. I, they, they haven't been that wrong uh, you know, in at least two weeks, and they continue this. It's why the president calls them fake news. I mean, they have – what I can't figure out is why the editors of the Post and the news put up with the kind of uh, just inventive reporting uh, on the part of their correspondence, because it is purely fiction. It is purely fiction. Fake news and the brand of those two publications, the New York Times and the Washington Post, has to surely be paying the price.
0: Well, I agree. I mean, but I don't think they are, as evidenced by the breathlessness of reporting. You know, and it's funny. So, this woman, I don't even know who she is writes an article in the Washington Post attacking me for saying that that they ought to revamp the White House press corps and and how they deal with them because they're so freaking hostile. And many of them in that room, we know, and it was proven that they colluded with Hillary Rodham Clinton's campaign. And I said, well, why don't they just prepare statements in the morning on the top 15, 20 issues of the day, and then they can get into more detail. They can Instead of just playing gotcha with Sean Spicer and trying to embarrass him, maybe they can get substance, which would benefit the American people, their readers and their viewers, and if they have other questions, if he doesn't know the answer directly, say, okay, I'll get back to you in two hours and I'll have a written statement on it. Why does it have to be so formal in that moment that he better be able to think on his feet and he better not make make a mistake?
12: Yeah, I I think that you've got part of the solution, if I can say, Sean. I I think the rest of the solution is the president's. Uh, He's exactly right. When news organizations don't bother to get their facts right, don't report on him accurately, his policies accurately, and it's, a, it's a, a sheer matter of political activism on the part of the New York Times, the Washington Post, and others, uh, lift their credentials uh, and, and just excuse them from the entire process. There is no reason to waste the time of the press secretary with people who are there for uh, political activism rather than uh, to enlarge the body of public knowledge. Uh, through their publications. Uh, This has got to stop. They're rude. They're uh, activists. And they really are, uh, you know, unbecoming the craft.
0: And it's actually now, I think, preventing, I think they're spending so much time in the White House dealing with the attacks. I don't even think it almost prevents them from being able to advance their agenda and to govern effectively. And why does the president owe the Washington Press Corps... A bunch of left-wing hypocrites who often get it wrong and never retract and never apologize that don't talk about anything positive as it relates to the president. I I don't understand why we bow, why there's this reverence to them, even though the American people clearly don't trust them anymore.
12: Don't trust them, don't like them, and aren't buying them. Uh, We do know one thing. When Sean Spicer is in front of those cameras dealing with them, the the ratings go up, uh, and that's terrific, but it is not so, uh, it's not the best use of his time or that of the White House. Is this a Reality show? Uh, I it, it's, it's exactly what it is. Uh, and, uh, and look at these ratings that he's, he's producing. You know, you, The president himself acknowledged the other day he, he can't argue with Sean Spicer's rating. Uh, they're terrific. Uh, but that's all on uh, his back rather than the White House press corps, which should be doing its job, and informing the American public about policies and instead of engaging in acrimonious ideological, uh, ideological contests with the president. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. they take taken you know, they're used to... I'm
0: Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no! Keep finish your thought. I, I,
12: there's always been this cry for an adversarial relationship between the the press and the, the uh, and our politicians, but this has taken adversarial to a new level. Uh, this is out and out war against the president. I don't think it's any less than subversion and. Uh, and orchestrated complicity with the with the left, uh, with the uh, between the media and the left and the Dems on Capitol Hill. I mean, they're working hand in hand in glove to undercut this president and his agenda.
0: I think it's bigger than that. Then you got the never Trumpers that want relevance and vindication and right. and revenge against people that supported the president. And then you got the deep state. And you right. mentioned the media. You mentioned the Democrats. Then you got weak Republicans. They hate the president. Never oh. supported him either. He's got a lot of powerful swamp people and swamp groups now lining up against him. What do you make of this story about the family of the slain DNC staffer? Um, and I've interviewed Julian Assange a number of times on this radio program right, yeah. and on television. And he, we played what he had said on Dutch TV, basically corroborating that it probably was Seth Rich. And according to the, the report that was on FoxNews.com today, the federal investigator who requested anonymity in this case said 44,053 emails, 17,761 attachments between the DNC committee leaders spanning January 2015 through late May 2016 transferred from Seth Rich to McFadden. All right before May the 21st. And it was July 22nd, 12 days after Rich was killed, WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks published the information.
12: Exactly. And that the, that
0: that's was on Fox News <laughs> <laughs> investigate The federal and <laughs> who requested 40 in this case, 53 E4,000 15,000 some mails 7 1 attachments, 760 C between the DNC spanning January committee leaders team through February 2015 8, May 26th. Private eye on this.
12: Uh, they're complaining uh, about him and, and And uh, stirring up the idea that there would be any connection between Seth Rich and WikiLeaks. Why are they so concerned about a relationship between their deceased son and WikiLeaks? It makes no sense. Uh,
0: So even as they... Well, the piece that I, I just referred to said they're very sensitive to that. Yep and, and I, but I, I look I understand it's their son they can feel any way they they want sure. but I mean if it, remember this guy this poor kid was shot in the back and they didn't rob the kid right and they, he had a, a wallet and a watch they didn't take that so robbery's not a motive Lou but
12: that's but that's precisely what the DC metropolitan Police are trying to dismiss it as a robbery and so many inst- so much is unknown at this point we know that the FBI is involved we know that the DC Metro police are involved. We also know that uh, the FBI is in possession of those emails. Why aren't we learning more about what's going on here?
0: I, To me, it just stinks to high heaven. I, I know the reason I think the media doesn't want to deal with this, because it takes their entire, almost year-long, you know, public narrative, tinfoil hat conspiracy theory that the Russians and the Trump campaign and the Trump transition team colluded with the Russians, and it blows it out of the water.
12: Oh, absolutely. And it also explains why they first tripped on to that uh, little uh, collusion theory, because the Democratic operatives were trying to turn the story uh, of death uh, of Seth Rich's uh, murder uh, and try to point it toward Russia, for crying out loud. The most preposterous thing I've ever seen. And, it, and again, no evidence, right? At no evidence whatsoever. Invented out of whole cloth. There was something... And, and when we look at the number of deaths around the DNC uh, during the the summer months, both before and after the convention, it's eerie, Sean. I mean eerie, and highly suspicious.
0: All right, Lou Dobbs is with us uh, of the Fox Business Network. Weeknight, 7 o'clock, you don't want to miss a show, and a frequent guest, of course, on, on Hannity on the Fox News Channel. we got to take a quick break here. We'll come back. On the other side, we'll have more questions uh, for him. We'll get to your calls. Tonight, Hannity, we are going to break this down in a way that I don't think anybody else in the media is going to do. I'm going to do an opening monologue alone at the show. Jay Sekulow, Dave Bossi, Rod Wheeler, who we were just talking about will join us we'll look at the media bias which is so abusive and hysterical and and breathlessly reporting things that they don't know to be true dr gorka and much more 10 eastern tonight hannity don't miss it on the fox news channel
2: it's time
6: to take back america this is the sean hannity show
0: hollywood is under siege from an external force now the same hollywood that sold the american dream they are now making nightmares a reality at hollywoodtakeover.com slash sean s-e-a-n hey when you have health insurance it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs now that can be a lot of money but are your medical bills accurate now it's estimated that over 50 percent of medical bills actually contain errors now health lock can help health lock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling wrong codes or fraud Now, you could even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today.
1: slash slash iHeart.